Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Good Sunday morning and happy December. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right, John Hancock. Top of the morning, everyone. On the left is Michael Kelly. Happy Sunday. And I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning with 2023 nearly in the rearview mirror now, hard to believe. Missouri Republicans push to keep Palestinian refugees out of the state, but the Republican governor is not on board with that. St. Louis Congresswoman Cori Bush joins hunger strikers outside the White House. The House gives Congressman George Santos the boot, but the Speaker of the House votes to keep him around. And our quote of the week has to do with the loss of three titans of U.S. history in the span of just a few days. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter, former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, and former Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Also, John and Michael will weigh in on the DeSantis-Newsom debate on Fox News and a near tragedy at the poorly secured former workhouse jail site in St. Louis. But we begin with Republican State Rep Chris Dinkins of Southeast Missouri, who wants to keep Palestinian refugees fleeing the Israel-Hamas war out of Missouri. The Republican governor is pushing back on that. We don't want to risk thousands of American lives based upon one individual who could get through. I think there's a huge difference between Palestinian people and the Hamas. I think that's pretty clear. At least three dozen House Republicans signed on to a letter from State Rep Chris Dinkins calling on the governor to ban Palestinian refugees from settling in Missouri. She says she has zero confidence in the Biden administration vetting refugees fleeing Gaza to weed out potential terrorist threats. Are she and the dozens of Republicans signing on to this letter right, John Hancock? Well, I do think they're right about us needing to do a very thorough job of vetting folks. Uh, we need immigrants in this country, but we need immigrants that want to assimilate into this country. Uh, they want to come here. They want to be Americans. They want to go to work. Uh, we don't want terrorists here. And, and I think the, the concern is if you're not properly vetting folks, uh, you, you're opening yourself up for some real problems. Having said that, I don't have a problem with Palestinian people coming here, uh, but I want them to want to be here. I want them to want to be uh, America, American, and, uh, and I don't want them to be terrorists. Should we trust the vetting process of refugees yeah. under Joe Biden? Yeah, it's no different than the process that existed under Donald Trump, Barack Obama, or George W. Bush. And to equate these refugees, people literally fleeing war and oppression, uh, and, and confine, you know, co compare and contrast them as to these Hamas terrorists is insulting. This type of bigotry that's coming from the Republican Party also throws out 
the very lines that they normally have, which is, look, we want legal immigration. It doesn't get any more legal than being a refuge and seeking refuge in the United States. And to be against this, it's un-American. The it's governor also, can you, you, want to, you want to ensure the safety of the American people. What's American is making sure that the folks that are coming to this country don't want to destroy it. Uh, there's nothing bigoted about that. It's protecting America. It's but, defending our national but, security. But why make it specific to Palestinians then? It should be Irish? specific. It what should... about the Irish? There's a bunch of drunks. They could come be coming to do some crazy stuff. It is bigotry. It, it's very core, John. This is refugees. These people are trying to get away from a war. Yeah, it's not about Palestinians. It's about national security. It's about protecting our homeland. The governor also points out it's not the state's purview to regulate this. It's a federal issue. Well, that is true as well. Yeah. All right. Democrat St. Louis Congresswoman Cori Bush joined hunger strikers outside the White House calling for a permanent ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Actress Cynthia Nixon of Sex and the City fame has been one of the lead voices of what was a Monday through Friday fast. Bush joined Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib in support of the hunger strike. Tlaib has been censured by congressional colleagues for fueling anti-Semitism with her continued rants against Israel. A temporary ceasefire in exchange for the release of Israeli hostages ended earlier this week. Also, the New York Times now reports that Israeli intelligence knew the October 7th Hamas attack could be coming, intercepting a detailed 40-page battle plan long before the war started. Michael, are Bush to leave and the hunger strikers maybe going to end up on the right side of this? I don't know. Well, they're doing exactly what they're up to right now, which is seeking attention. This Congresswoman, Cori Bush, said, look, one of the reasons I want to go to Washington, D.C. is to represent the 1st Congressional District. The former congressman's never here. He's never focused on St. Louis issues. Cori Bush is busy running around the world trying to solve other issues while her own district's in fire. So she spent the week up there on a hunger strike. Good for her. Guess what? There are hungry people in your district, Congressman. Come back and pay attention to them. Does it trouble you at all, the knowledge of the possible attack reaching high levels of the Israeli government long before it actually happened? Sure, but there was those same types of communications that could have said that we knew about September 11th. I think we're a long way from fully understanding what happened in early October in Israel. I think we need to take a deep breath. John? I finally found something after all these months, Andy, that I have in common with Cori Bush. Uh, we could both stand to not eat for a few days and uh, be better off for it. Uh, seriously, I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, what they're what they're doing and calling for a permanent ceasefire that's not going to help it, we need to stand by by our ally Israel they're prosecuting this war they're trying to eliminate Hamas uh, and the threat that Hamas poses the the imminent threat that Hamas poses from their borders what about As this the, intelligence report? yeah well for one I'm kind of gratified that Israel knew uh, about it because it, it initially when the attack happened on October 7th uh, the narrative coming out was that Israeli intelligence got caught flat-footed here. And the Israeli intelligence is quite good. Uh, so they knew about it. They had an oblique reference that something was likely to happen. I don't know what you do about that, though. Uh, so I don't think, you know, there's this speculation on the left that somehow Benjamin Netanyahu wanted to be attacked so he could, his political, right. but, you know, that's bogus. Uh, you know, but I am gratified that Israeli intelligence at least knew there was something being plotted out there. Congresswoman Bush, of course, has a primary election challenge on her hands from St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell. But now another heated St. Louis area congressional primary challenge 
has popped onto our radar here. This one's on the Republican side. Defeated 2022 Illinois candidate for governor Darren Bailey is going after five-term Congressman Mike Boss seat. Boss represents the largest portion of the St. Louis area on the Illinois side. John, what do you make of Bailey's chances? And is this red seat safely red no matter who the nominee is? Well, yeah, the seat's going to stay Republican. I think that Mike Bost is going to do very well in the district. He works it very hard. Uh, he's got very good constituent services in that district. And that matters uh, in these local races. Uh, his office has been working very, very well with the members of that district. Uh, Bailey, who ran for governor, not well, uh, lost by a lot, it, it does have a name in that area. He represents a real threat, I think, to Mike Boss. But at the end of the day, I think I expect Mike Boss to win that primary and hold the seat. What about a guy who loses the governor's race and then turns around and runs for Congress the next year? Well, he's an opportunist. I mean, this guy wants to be something, and he's got some pretty wacky beliefs that he wants to get in there. More importantly, this puts a spotlight on 99% of the elections that take place in the St. Louis area. They are not Democrats versus Republicans. They're extremist Democrats versus regular Democrats and extremist Republicans versus regular Republicans. That's exactly what we're witnessing here with this Andrew Bailey. He's an extremist Republican, and people need to go out and vote in the primaries if they want to see common sense candidates get elected. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones has made closing the workhouse city jail a hallmark of her first term, shutting down the site shortly after the city had invested $8 million in upgrades, or close to $8 million. The site now is a city eyesore and has become a safety hazard within just the last year and a half since it closed. Multiple holes cut into the fencing there have gone unrepaired. There is no security presence. Fox 2 News confirmed that three young men ages 18 to 21 got inside a couple of weeks ago and inadvertently locked themselves in a jail cell. Luckily, they were able to get a hold of a relative who called police to come and let them out. The grounds are now also used as overflow for the city's tow yard. There are dozens of burned out, wrecked, and overturned vehicles on the property. St. Louis Alderman Tom Oldenburg is now demanding answers from the city's corrections and operations staff, wanting to call them before the city's public safety committee. As the mayor continues to call on St. Louis to reimagine a new use of the site, maybe a museum, native prairie land, or perhaps a go-kart track. For now, it looks like a junkyard with no security, Michael. A go-kart track. Yeah, uh, $8 million was invested in this to bring this up to a place that it would be safe. It's far safer than the, the, the jail that we have right now. They wanted to close the workhouse. They spent $8 million upgrading it, closed it, and now they've turned it over like this. This is just this is a perfect synopsis of what's going on in St. Louis. The people at the top are more interested in pushing an agenda item rather than doing what's right for their constituents. It's almost wide open. I mean, there's a chain on the door, front door, but if you want to get in there, you can just crawl through. Well, the obviously, these kids got in there and locked right. themselves in jail. That's, a, that's about the only way you get in jail in the city of St. <laughs> Louis anymore. Uh, you know, when we, when we had a prosecutor that wouldn't prosecute, then closing the jail made perfect sense, didn't it? Because we wouldn't put any. But now we've got an actual prosecutor in the city of St. Louis. You've got this jail sitting empty. You're overcrowded in the jail you do have. We used to take prisoners from other places and charge them to come and incarcerate them in St. Louis City. We were making money off of that jail. And now we're sending our own prisoners outside of St. Louis and paying for it. This is the most boneheaded move by this city government that I can imagine. You've got a perfectly good jail sitting there deteriorating. It's ridiculous. 
Up next, the Florida governor debates the California governor on Fox News, and George Santos gets expelled from Congress, even though the Speaker of the House voted to keep him. Listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. Florida governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis faced California governor and potential Democrat presidential candidate Gavin Newsom in a Fox News debate hosted by Sean Hannity. Here's one exchange on the issues of trans medical procedures for minors and banning books with sexual content for young children at schools. The bottom line is you are on a book banning binge your state. 1,406 books, 3,362 in this country. You didn't answer, what about those books? That's not, we don't provide for K through third grade education, that kind of curriculum. If you're a parent in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina, Mm, your minor child can go to California without your knowledge or without your consent and get hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and a sex change operation all without you knowing or consenting. How in the heck is that? David Axelrod, who helped engineer two presidential wins for Barack Obama, says regardless of content, Newsom wins on points just for doing a debate on Fox hosted by far-right commentator Sean Hannity. Michael, what do you make of this? Why is it happening? What's that about? Well, I think Ron DeSantis is looking for anything to get some attention. Uh, Unfortunately for him, he went up against probably the most seasoned and one of the best communicators the Democratic Party has. And it further put a spotlight on why Ron DeSantis has been free fall in the Republican primary. So I think this is attention-seeking. It was probably a good uh, warm-up for Gavin Newsom, and uh, it helped solidify that Ron DeSantis is just running the standstill. Which one of these two guys is most likely to become president of the United States, do you think? Governor Newsom. Uh, well, and it could be very soon. <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's a general and a growing sense on the right that Gavin Newsom's going to be the Democratic nominee this year, next year. Uh, DeSantis wanted to take advantage of that and put himself on a par uh, with Gavin Newsom. And that's what he was hoping to do, hoping to cut through and seize back some of the momentum that Nikki Haley clearly has gotten throughout the course of the last couple of months. I don't think he achieved that objective. I think you're going to see Haley continue uh, to build. At the end of the day, I don't see anything derailing Donald Trump's nomination on the Republican side. The House of Representatives took the historic action of expelling one of its members. The vote was 311 to 114 to expel, clearing the required two-thirds majority very easily, making New York Republican George Santos just the sixth member to be expelled in U.S. history. He has lied about his college degree, being Jewish, and having a Wall Street business career, among other things. He also faces federal charges for allegedly duping donors, stealing money from his campaign, and lying to Congress. Still, John, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, voted to keep him around, or voted against expulsion. Right. Well, I mean, this guy's a one-man crime spree, uh, the Santos fellow, uh, and I'm, I'm glad he's gone. I understand the sentiment, though. He's been indicted uh, in federal court. He's not been yet convicted. And I think the folks that voted against kicking him out, it wasn't so much because they just love having the guy around. Uh, I think they they voted against kicking him out because they didn't want to set a precedent where you can willy-nilly start booting people out of Congress because you don't like them. And so I think that was a concern. Net-net, 
good riddance to George Santos. Yeah, right. Good riddance. But uh, the, the one thing that's interesting here, John makes an accurate point from my perspective and that this hasn't been adjudicated. And so this is setting a precedent going forward. If the Republicans were going to cave now a year and a half after letting this bozo run around Congress, they should have done this in the first week. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, the loss of former First Lady Rosalind Carter is followed by the death of Henry Kissinger and then Sandra Day O'Connor. Thoughts from John and Michael and our quote of the week. Not long after our show last week, we learned that the wife of former President Jimmy Carter passed away. Rosalind Carter served as First Lady from 1977 to 1981. She and her husband were married for 77 years. She's been hailed for her commitment to humanitarian causes and equal rights. She had been suffering from dementia. She was 96 years old. Three days later, Henry Kissinger died. He shaped the U.S. Cold War policy as national security advisor and then served as Secretary of State under Presidents Nixon and Ford. He was a polarizing figure involved in the secret bombing of Cambodia and White House wiretaps of staff and news reporters. He was 100 years old. And then on Friday, Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman to serve in the United States Supreme Court, died at 93. She was nominated by President Reagan. And though a conservative justice, she cast deciding votes in the 80s and 90s, refusing to overturn Roe versus Wade when it came to abortion. She died from complications of dementia as well. For much of her term, she was the only woman on the high court. There are four women on the court now. Our quote of the week is from the current Chief Justice, John Roberts, who calls Justice O'Connor a daughter of the American Southwest who blazed a historic trail as the first female justice with undaunted determination, indisputable ability, and engaging candor. John and Michael, let's start with your thoughts about Justice O'Connor and then work our she, way back. She was a right of center. Justice, appointed by Ronald Reagan, went to the court, wound up becoming really the moderate voice, bringing the perspective, not only being the first female, but bringing the perspective that women health care also included access to abortion rights. And she was one of the staunchest supporters of those as those were challenged uh, in, in her time on the court. She is, of the three, to me, is the most significant of those figures. I think it gets lost in history when you think about that distinction of being the first woman. And for much of her term, she was the only one. Yeah, yeah, and she was the center of the court. Uh, often, Sandra Day O'Connor was the tie-breaking vote on important, consequential, landmark decisions of the court. She uh, will go down in history as significant, not just by virtue of the fact that she's the first female, she was a darn good jurist and an important figure in the history of the Supreme Court. I wanted to ask you during the commercial break, I don't know if you met Rosalind Carter. No. Um, but to me, it, what, what sticks out is that she was only the first lady for one term. But it seems like much longer than that. You know what I mean? Right. She's been part of the, well, the American... Jimmy Carter, his post-presidency, is probably the, the most redeeming part of his entire biography. And she was a huge part of that, in particular what they did with Habitat for Humanity. And for nearly 40 years post-presidency, in the spotlight, pushing good causes. Yeah, in, in many ways, she was a, a, one of the most modern of first ladies. Very influential in terms of the policy discussions that she had with her husband. Uh, she was engaged in that manner in the same way that Hillary Clinton would be later uh, for Bill Clinton. Uh, Rosalind Carter was, a, again, a very consequential historical figure. How do you look back at Henry Kissinger? Yeah. How will history see him? Well, I mean, we're still living 
the results of a lot of Kissinger policies. What we're going through in China today, you go back 51 years and it was Henry Kissinger and Richard Nixon that opened up that relationship with China and look where we are today. It's a very much the, the centerpiece of American foreign policy. Uh, Kissinger was highly regarded by members of both parties, primarily Republicans. Uh, it had some controversial uh, activities. He was the author of Detente, uh, that really was American foreign policy toward Russia until Ronald Reagan came in. Uh, so he, again, 100 years old and very active right up to the end. He was a celebrity in the 70s. I just saw him on the dais for an old Dean Martin roast. Do you yeah. remember those? Yeah, he became more of a pop culture thing. That's surely my exposure to him. And he had that melodramatic, very, very boring very voice. Boring. And so he almost became a character of himself. Final thoughts are next. First, Bomberito.com drone fox over the Muni in Forest Park, still holding on to the fall colors in December. Although I guess you can tell that was not taken this morning. <laughs> Final thoughts, Michael. Well, you know, all in all, pretty bad sports year, but it's not been that bad of a sports week, right? We've gotten a new pitcher now for the Cardinals. Winter meetings are going to happen in Nashville. Maybe John Mozeliak's not finished. Mizzou's going to play a New Year's Eve bowl. This is not all that bad, is it? Well, I've been following the World Championship, uh, the uh, the UK Open snooker match. Snooker. Ronnie O'Sullivan has a four-frame to one lead for those of you, many of you out there that are interested <laughs> in knowing that. Let's go, Ronnie. He's <laughs> the greatest snooker player of all time. Should we let him in on the secret, everyone out there? He's got it on his phone. He he's keeps checking it. in during the uh, commercial breaks on the, yeah, he's really the big snooker match. Thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. Remember, you can download the show or any segment. Just search the words Hancock and Kelly. If it's Sunday in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.